Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. When you lead from a base of expertise, your confidence and credibility are derived from your knowledge. People follow you as a result. However, when you take a stretch assignment and span outside of your comfort zone, leading requires a different approach, one of influence, inspiration, compromise, and courage. We are here to talk about how to take that next step and keep going. Now, here is your host, Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. Today we're going to talk about social media. It's everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, a whole bunch of stuff. And it seems that most professionals that I'm interacting with are largely using LinkedIn, even though a bunch of them use some of the others as well and additional ones. So what I want to talk about today is what is the role that um, social media, particularly LinkedIn, plays in building a professional profile and how do you use it to enhance your brand and build your network. And we're going to go through a list of do's and don'ts as well. So my guest today is David J.P. Fisher, sometimes known as D-Fish. He's a speaker, coach, and author of nine books, including the best-selling Hyperconnected Selling, as well as Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. The one we're going to focus on today is Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn, Creating an Online Relationships and Opportunities. Now, David has spent over 20 years' experience as an entrepreneur and a sales professional, and he combines this sort of understanding of strategy and real-world tactics in a nuanced way to help professionals be more effective, efficient, and ultimately happy. His goal is to help them understand the new landscape of this hyper-connected world where social media networking and old-school sales and communication skills are the key to providing value and staying relevant. Interesting tidbit, Dave lives in Evanston, Illinois, next to a huge cemetery, which he says helps him appreciate the value of everyday and everyday life, I might also add. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Wanda. It's pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. Boy, do we need help on LinkedIn, and boy, do the professionals that I interact with on a regular basis need help. So I'm excited to have you here to talk about it. So before, though, we dive into the, you know, why and what do we do and the do's and don'ts, what got you started on this networking and why are you so passionate about it? So my path into talking about LinkedIn and networking on LinkedIn started in the offline world. And in fact, for me, networking was how I built my business. I started almost uh, 14 years ago. I hung a shingle. And as many uh, small business owners and, and entrepreneurs, we, we look around and go, well, how am I actually going to get clients? And for me, uh, for whatever reason, I just gravitated towards going out, meeting people, having conversations, uh, finding ways I could be of service, offering those services, and, and you know, you take that all together. That's networking. So for me, it was really how I... I really established myself as a, a professional. And in doing that, I also realized that there's a lot of people who are really struggling with it. So it kind of became a natural thing for me to start helping others and go, hey, you know, it's not just about uh, what you know or even who you know. It's about who knows what you know. <laughs> and so I, I try to find ways to help people do that. Great. The um, I think most of us get the power of doing networking when I'm going out and doing sales. But I encounter an awful yep. lot of people who do to do networking inside their very large organizations just so other people know who they are, what they're capable of doing, and build their own internal reputation and profile. Right. So uh, right. I'm assuming that's that's critical. Yeah. 
I think it goes everywhere. It's the same thing. It's all the same process. Now, I have to ask you one question because the same question I get asked always on this topic. But I'm an introvert and I don't like talking to people. Can I be effective as a networker? <laughs> Part of me wants to say, no, you're, you're just in trouble. But of course, that's not true. Um, what One thing that I, I really feel has done a disservice to a lot of professionals is this idea that networking is about being extroverted and about loving to talk to people and, you know, being the life of the party. And I really think that's the wrong conception. In fact, I, I tell people all the time, though, they don't believe it. I'm naturally introverted myself. I don't, Great. you know, wake up in the morning going, hey, I want to go talk to as many people as possible. But I say that I'm an introvert with highly developed social skills. <laughs> and for me, it's really harnessing who you are as a person. Because even if you're an introvert, we're all social creatures. That's, I mean, that's how our brains are wired. So it's not about trying to go meet everybody that you possibly can or talk to as many people as possible when you walk into that, that networking event or into that conference room. But it's really about having, I think, good relationships and good interactions with the people that you do interact with. Yeah. So yeah. introverts can be super successful as networkers, for sure. Yeah. I've talked to a bunch of introverts who say, who do speaking for a living, and they say, you know, it's a, it's a skill. You learn to do that large scale, and it's okay. And I've talked to lots of people who are introverts who yep. are brilliant at networking as well. Um, so let's turn to this whole notion of the online presence. Granted, we could spend a whole radio show talking about just networking, but I really think the interesting thing about you is this notion of the online presence and how we go about doing this. I have to confess, I talked to someone this week who has zero online presence. And when I say zero, I mean actively, intentionally avoiding having any online presence on purpose. Okay. So what are your thoughts okay. about that? Well, that's definitely a choice, uh, and I respect that choice. I can probably even understand the, the impulse to do that. But I do think we really we do ourselves a disservice when we are afraid of this this online world that has opened up. And, and it, it makes a lot of sense that we're concerned, that we're fearful, that we just don't understand how to navigate it because it is so new, right? This is a conversation that you and I are having, but 30 years ago, we would never even think about, you know, having an online, uh, a conversation about our online business profile. So it's so new. We're really trying to figure this out. But what I always tell people is that Digital tools, you know, we can talk about LinkedIn today, but really all of the digital tools we have available are simply that, they're tools. And if we can use them in service of building better relationships with the people that we want to do business with, I think it makes sense to do that. It, it, it would be like somebody saying, yeah, this newfangled telephone, I don't want to use that newfangled telephone to uh, build relationships. I don't, I don't want to have that in my life at all. Um, <laughs> and of course, now the telephone is just a natural part of our, our daily life. Um, and so I think that we have to make sure we're not operating from a place of fear or, um, you know, kind of sticking our head in the sand when it comes to these digital tools. Because what I, what I would su suggest is if you're going to do business with a company, and they didn't have a website. They had no online presence. Would you want to do business with that company? Would you want to give them their money or even assume that they are a legitimate company if they didn't have a website? And, and it's really, I think, 
becoming the same with us as professionals. We have to show up. And it makes sense that if we are going to show up, that we take some control over how we're perceived. Yeah. This individual, by the way, went on to say that uh, they had just met with a more senior executive talking about opportunities in their own company. And this was a new introduction, Mm -hmm. so the person didn't know them. And that individual comes to the interview and says, I can't find anything about you. Like, what on earth is going on that I can't find any LinkedIn or anything? Like, who are you? It's sort of that same thing of, would you quite trust someone, a company that doesn't have a website today? Yep. And I would also suggest that when we look at our online presence, it's not actually about what we want to say or how we want to engage with others. It's what they want. I, I once um, heard a, a teacher of rhetoric, right, the, the, the study of influence. Uh, th- this teacher said, good rhetoric or good influence is not about what you want to say. It's about what they need to hear, what your audience needs to hear. And so, for example, looking at a LinkedIn profile, it's not necessarily about us being super engaged in the online world. It's about uh, somebody that we want to interact with. For example, a superior who might be in charge of our promotion. Uh, Them being able to find out information about us so that they can make a better decision as they interact with us. That's really what it's about. So whether or not you want to post your, your lunch on Instagram or uh, you know, talk about your vacation on Twitter. It is about showing up and taking control of the story that is uh, being told about you, whether you like it or not. Great. All right. So before we dive in a little bit on this one, talk to me a bit about the, the, all the other social media. So LinkedIn is clearly winning at the moment, in my view, on the professional side. But I'm watching yeah. an awful lot of other professionals pick up the other three big ones, Twitter, followed by Instagram, and then maybe followed by Facebook. How do these all integrate together? That's a really good question with, with a, a very, very long answer. Um, okay. The biggest thing that I tell to people, kind of the, the, the test of whether or not you should be on a platform is, are the people that I want to engage with there? Is that the, you know, think about this in, in offline terms. You might think about a conference or a networking group or some other professional um, event, and you may ask, do I want to go there? Well, if your potential clients are there, if your potential business partners are there, employees or employers are there, yes, you're going to go. And if they're not, it wouldn't make sense to go. It's the exact same thing online. So LinkedIn has really you know, become the uh, professional social media platform of choice. And I think it's going to stay there for at least a little while. It's, you know, hard to to um, displace that now that it's got everybody on it. But should you be on Facebook or uh, Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest or TikTok or any of the new ones that are going to continue to, to pop up? Yes, if it makes sense for your business goals. So, for example, if you were in a retail setting and you sold primarily women's fashion, Instagram, huge. Pinterest, huge. Uh, that's where your audience is. Um, that's where that, those demographics have been shown to spend a lot of time. If, if, it doesn't make, if that's not your audience, then don't go there, right? And so I think that that strategic question has to come up. Who do I want to interact with? Where are they? And then let that guide where you spend your time. Okay. That's interesting. 
Um, I know in my life, I was resistant to doing much more than just posting my profile on LinkedIn for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I picked up doing Twitter not a few years ago, largely because the people that I need to influence are other coaches and thinkers and writers and so on. And they are on Twitter. And yep. So it becomes important to do that. Now, there are some other business people on there as well, but I think my primary audience is a different one on Twitter than it is necessarily in in other places. That That's a really good observation because I also, I agree with you, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but I use it for a very different purpose and engage with a very different audience than I do on LinkedIn, right? Uh, the Not only are the audiences different, but kind of the... The etiquette is different, and the the point of being on the platform is different. So yeah, it's it, it. I think really important to understand that they're not just a uh, a one size fits all um, kind of okay. uh, opportunity. I've I've know a lot of speakers and, and coaches who love Instagram, for example. Yep. I don't <laughs> like it's just not for me, and that's and, and I think that also comes into play. If if you're really just not comfortable, or you don't want to spend your time there then don't. You'll be okay. Okay. All right, fine. Then you've talked about this in terms of the online presence as a bit of taking control of what's said about you. Is there more that we should be thinking about in terms of our general online presence? And now I'm going to move back to LinkedIn as our primary focus for the rest of the conversation. Sure. Um, Going back to that idea of connecting your, in this case, your LinkedIn activity with your overall business goals, I think is, is something that is really important and is often rarely talked about. Like we, we often think that our, our online strategy is just kind of a, a mad libs, right? We just kind of plug in answers to the holes on a form and then we're done. But I, I actually suggest people to really step back for a second and go, well, what are you trying to do in your career? Who are the people that you need to know? Who are the people that need to know you? And then Using all of the tools that you have at your disposable, uh, disposal, for example, LinkedIn, to actually create and move forward those conversations that you need to, right? So, yeah, it is, it is about, you know, taking control of your, uh, your brand, right, online, but it's also about being able to start and further engage, uh, engage in conversations with a broader audience than you would if you were just in your own physical locality, Okay. So you really see LinkedIn not just as a way for me to post who I am and what I've done and so somebody could find me and then we have another conversation, but you really see it mm-hmm. as being able to build relationships, to actually network. 100%. 100%. And what I think is important is that you don't um, – a lot of people – do take that approach of, hey, I'm just going to show up, uh, I'm going to make my profile, and then something's going to happen, meaning people are going to find me, they're going to offer me business, they're going to offer me jobs, whatever I'm looking for, and they'll be wonderful. And of course, that never happens. They get frustrated and they say, well, this doesn't work. <laughs> right? Um, right. Instead, I, I think it's really about doing the, the, the work to put yourself out there um, to, to, to craft a profile that is sharing the message you want to share, right? So, as we said, take control of that message. But then using it as a way to uh, engage with not only your existing network. I always tell people the best place to start is the people you already know. So, 
you know, the people that you've worked with, the people that you network with in your area, within your industry. But then looking at ways to introduce yourself to new people, um, for example, the, the friends of friends concept is, is very powerful and alive on LinkedIn. So, if, you know, even just seeing somebody uh, who engage with one of your connections, you can always reach out and start a conversation there. And I also think that beyond just the starting of the relationships, what LinkedIn and all these digital tools give us is the ability to continue the conversation at a low level in between our in-person interactions, right? Which is just one way of saying, yeah, if I run into you every couple months, instead of having to start the conversation kind of from scratch, if you've seen what I'm doing on my LinkedIn posts and vice versa, if I've seen what you're doing on your LinkedIn posts, we're going to have a much fuller conversation and we can move that along uh, a lot faster than if we have to start from scratch every time we see each other, right? Right, right. I'm finding currently, too, that when I reach out to people in my contact network on LinkedIn with, like, a personal message, I'm far more likely to get a response than I am on email. Uh, Everybody is just overloaded with email, and somehow that feels more personal in the messaging on LinkedIn. I don't know if you're finding the same thing, but that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, for me, it's it's both. Uh, I think what you said there was really important is just that it's a personal message. Um, I think what's great right now, and and I'm sure that the LinkedIn platform will get overloaded just like every yeah. platform seems to, to become overloaded, right? Uh, but Absolutely. Uh, the idea of being personal, right, and, and actually sending a message to th- another human being. I think a lot of people who really struggle with the online world or think that it, it's not effective are the ones who try to do these kind of blanket outbound messages to everybody that are completely cookie cutter and the same. I mean, for me, if, for example, if I want to engage with somebody new, the ability to look at their profile, the ability to look at what they're posting and find out what they're working on and find a place where I can meaningfully engage with them. That's huge. It takes a little bit more effort, but I'd rather, you know, send one good note to somebody that's meaningful than just 10 cut and paste notes to, to a bunch of people and, and hoping something comes back. So that's, yeah, I love that idea of, of you actually sending something personal through LinkedIn. And I think it is easier to cut through the, the noise right now. I, again, I think that might change in the future, yeah. but for right now, it's a really good place to be seen. Right. Right now, it's not so easy to get blast messages in LinkedIn. It may be blast posts, but right. not blast messages. Okay. So walk me through what an ideal format looks like. So I'm trying to do networking on LinkedIn. Kind of what should I be doing? What should this look like? How should I be thinking about my interactions with people? Yeah. So the first place that I tell everybody to start and we skip over it so fast, so often, is our LinkedIn profile. And the reason why I think we skip past it is because it's, it's just not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not, hey, I'm going to start engaging with people. It's often you sitting at your desk or, you know, in front of your laptop kind of doing some, some deep thinking, doing some writing. But you have to make sure that you look good before you – you kind of go out into the, the event, so to speak. It, you wouldn't show up at a, a conference or a networking event 
you know, without taking a shower first and with your clothes all messed up and, you know, just wearing sweatpants or something and having bad breath. No, you make sure you look good so that when you start a conversation, people want to engage with you. It's the exact same thing online. So the first thing that I always tell people is to really look at your LinkedIn profile and make sure that it speaks to how you want to uh, engage with people and how you you serve people. I think that that can sound a little, uh, you know, woo-woo, but when somebody goes to LinkedIn and is on there, they're looking to solve a problem, whatever that problem might be. I need to hire somebody. I need to uh, find a partner. I need to find a product or a service. So if, th- if they look at your profile, they're asking a question of themselves. So what? So, you, you know, I'm reading your profile, but can you help me? And so we have to think in terms of the person who's reading our profile. We have to make sure that we're sharing that information first. Um, because any activity, whether you post, whether you engage, it, it always points back to your profile. So that's, again, it's not always the, the most fun thing to do, but it, you have to start there. I've seen way too many people who engage all over the place on LinkedIn and you look at their profile and it's horrible. And you're like, it's just their resume. You're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're just shooting yourself in the foot before you even get started. Right. Right. So that's, okay. that's the first place. Okay. Yeah. And how you keep talking about the idea of posting. How important is it posting um, an article, a blog, a thought, uh, something? How critical is that? Uh, pretty important. Uh, <laughs> pretty critical. So if you think about it this way, your your LinkedIn profile is this static piece of content, which which is great, and you want to have a really good one. But there's nothing that's going to cause people to come and look at that unless they see you unless they're aware of you in the conversation. So that's kind of the idea of using posting um, as a way of sharing a perspective and sharing information, but also kind of of raising your hand. Um, You know, having a great LinkedIn profile, but not actually engaging with people uh, online would be kind of like getting dressed up for a a, a networking event and then not going. (laughs) It doesn't help for you to just be sitting at home uh, with your business cards. And so posting is is a a great way to actually share your perspective and to um, actively share your brand. I think that uh, sometimes people are really scared or unsure of what they should should post and what they should share. One of the best places to start is actually just through social engagement on your, uh, uh, through your network's posts, right? So think about looking at your newsfeed on your LinkedIn, um, uh, on the website, on your computer, or it could be just on your phone, uh, on the LinkedIn app. People are posting content. They're, they're sharing articles, they're sharing pictures, they're sharing videos, all kinds of things that are important to them. A great place to start is just by engaging with them. Click the like button. Uh, there's actually six different options. You can like, you can love, you can say that's interesting, you can be curious, you can congratulate. Or even just sharing a quick comment. Hey, that's a really interesting point. Or asking a question, starting a conversation. All of those are, are great places to start. And you don't have to share anything. But then if you can, anywhere from three to five times a week, which may sound like a lot, but that's you know once a day at most, Post an article, post a piece of content, and even more important than just posting it, share your um, your perspective, right? 
here's why I think this article is important, or here's a picture of me at this conference with some of my colleagues. We're really excited about the work we're doing, or we're excited about the future. All of these things can put you on the radar of the people in your network, and, and you say you just raise your hand, and say, "Hey, I'm still here. I might you you might not need my services now, but you probably will in the future, and hopefully you'll be able to remember me when that's the case." So that that that's kind of why I think posting is so important. It's, it's kind of you actually engaging in this online space. Okay, I notice um, that lots of people will comment. You know, you post something and you get comments back, and you get a lot of likes. You know, so people that means that, pe- and it's also nice to scan through that and see how many people actually opened it, read it, looked at the thing. It's helpful to know whether you're on track with the content that you're posting. But then yep. sometimes the comments are good, and sometimes the comments are not as helpful. I see this in a variety of places. Not just I'm not <laughs> commenting about people on my post. In general, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you do when that happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess if you're commenting, <laughs> you know, the, the, what you want to do is comment with substance, as opposed to just say, "Oh, you know, good luck" or something. Sure. Well, let me let me say that if you can comment with substance, that's always going to be best, right? That you know, if you have a something to contribute, something to add to the article uh, or to the conversation on that article, on that post, that's always the best. Would I suggest that you only post or, or I'm sorry, only engage with a post when you have something deep and insightful? Not necessarily, um, because I think that what we often forget in communication, there's, uh, yes, the um, the information that we're sharing. So if we have a, an interesting insight or question to add, that's fantastic. But sometimes there's just the social aspect of yeah. engaging with people and of communication, right? This is social media. And if you think about the conversations you, you have in the offline world, they're not always deep and in-depth, but they can be just as valuable to help move the relationship forward, right? So one of the things that I often will do, and this is not going to be on somebody who I don't know well, but somebody who I know well or uh, we're continuing to build a relationship, I will absolutely kind of put that short post that, congratulations, that, that sounds great, or, hey, thanks for sharing this. Uh, it, it really helps me think about this topic more effectively. That, that's mm-hmm. completely okay. I wouldn't just do that, but I, I hesitate to tell people that they can only engage if they have something super insightful. Because then what happens is we're like, oh, I, I can't think of anything super insightful, and I won't engage I won't at all. It. And then yeah. they're sitting there, yeah. you know, quiet. Right. Yeah. I And I have to tell you from having just up to the number of things that I'm posting on LinkedIn, I really do appreciate those comments, even if they're just a like button. It does make you feel good. And that, as you rightly say, that's part of the social interaction. Okay. One quick question then, and then we're going to take a break, which is, does this mean that the offline networking is dead? So, or, or how do we begin to think about pairing offline and online? Oh, great question. Offline networking is far from dead. In fact, I would say it's more, it's more alive than ever. And really the best approach is to look at how do we truly integrate the two. And that, that framework is important because a lot of times we do think, oh, offline networking is over here. Online networking is you know, uh, over here on the other side. Never shall the two meet. The most effective way 
to, to network in the 21st century is to bring these two worlds together and to let them actually build off of each other because we live both in the offline world and in increasingly in the online world. And so if we try to keep them separate, we're just, we're, we're hampering our ability to build a, a better relationship with somebody. So the biggest thing I say is no offline networking is, is more critical than ever to career success. So we have to continue to, to really focus on ways that we can use, you know, in this case, the online world to make those in-person interactions much more effective. And there's, there's a lot of ways to do that. Right. Right. I mean, an easy one is having met somebody offline, kind of connecting them with on LinkedIn and a little bit of messaging back and forth is, I find, really, really useful. And also, I find it useful to start the online conversation and then pick it up in an offline. Like, you've just advanced it uh, when you actually meet somebody face-to-face. That's exactly right. I've got people who I would consider good friends that I've never met in real life. (laughs) <laughs> but we, for example, uh, engaged on LinkedIn. We, we saw each other's content. We connected. Um, we continued to engage with, with each other's material. At some point, we definitely jumped on a phone call or a video call. So we've, we've had offline conversations. And I do think you need that. I, I, I think that's a critical part of moving the relationship forward. But again, we haven't ever physically met. We don't live in the same cities. Um, and then, you know, after having those phone conversations, we go back to the online world, you know, and we might have another phone conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, this, this idea of back and forth is really powerful. All of these are just tools to have better conversations with people. Right. All right. That's interesting. Perfect place to stop. All right. So my guest today is David J.P. Fisher, or D. Fish, to lots of people. He's a speaker, coach, and author of nine books. The book that we're talking about today is Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn, Creating an Online Real uh, Relationships and Opportunities. And I, I think of all of this, David, the thing that's most fascinating is not having an online presence makes a statement about your brand. Having an online presence makes a statement about your brand. The question is, what kind of statement are you willing to make? And it's a set of tools, not unlike the telephone or email, um, that you might as well figure out how to make to your advantage. So I think that's really useful. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about the do's and don'ts. And David has a lot of those. So we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. This is Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. Do you find yourself in a role where your team knows more than you know? Are you struggling to see how you now add value? For years, I've coached leaders who have moved beyond the comfort zone of their expertise and have developed a methodology to help them make the leap and go on to do more. All of those tips are now packed into my new book, You Can't Know It All. Visit our website at leadership-forum.com or tune in to Out of the Comfort Zone for more insight. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leading outside of your comfort zone is a delicate balance. You need new skills and new ways of working. To reach the program today, send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. That's wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is David J.P. Fisher. The book we're talking about is Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn, Creating an Online Relationships and Opportunities. There are a bunch of other books from David, by the way, that you might find fascinating, like Hyperconnected Selling and a series on networking in the 21st century as well. We have talked a little bit about some do's and don'ts on LinkedIn, and I just want to highlight a couple of those at the very end of the last segment, which is, number one, start with your profile. You need to look good. It's an effect your resume, and people are going to start there looking at you, and they're going to be asking the question of, can you help me? So that's the first place to clean, to be sure that you're clean and careful and uh, precise. And then the second one, as we're understanding, is that posting is critical because otherwise your profile is static and no one's really aware of you. So you're looking for a way of raising your hand, in effect, calling attention to yourself. And that happens with the posting. It also happens with commenting on other people's um post as well so it's a way of engaging with and sometimes that will be substantive and sometimes that will be much more congratulatory good job interesting point um kind of more generic all of which because it's a social engagement feels good to the person on the other side so that's helping build a relationship so david let's talk about best practices what are the things to do and what are the things not to do Sure. So the first place that I suggest a lot of people start is if they're not very conversant with social media or using technology in their their daily business lives, is actually to schedule (laughs) some time on a regular basis to to be on LinkedIn. So when I say schedule time, it could be ten minutes. But what I what I see happen a lot is people might spend a day or two days where they're, they're on LinkedIn for a while, and then a, a week or two weeks or three weeks goes by, and they're like, wait, why isn't this working? So even just developing that habit, just like any other business habit, of spending a few minutes on a regular basis on, the, on these platforms is, is a big, big part of this. So that's, that's kind of, it's not about LinkedIn specifically, but just going, hey, I want to get good at this. I'm going to spend 15 minutes uh, you know, at four o'clock every day or on my commute home on the train, I'm going to spend time on it, whatever it is. That's the first thing because you've got, you've got to be there more than once. This is not a set it and forget it kind of uh, tool. We talked a lot okay. about the, the profile and, and I do think that um, for most people, that's a great place to start. 
And there's a, there's a lot of great material out there. I've got a lot, but there's a lot of articles and posts and, and videos on how to have a good LinkedIn profile. The biggest thing is look at it from your reader's point of view, right? It's really easy for us to be kind of narcissistic in some ways or self-centered. We, we write about what we think is important on our profile, but really, as, as we said in the first segment, it's about connecting what we do with what our reader cares about. And, and I think when you can change that lens, that perspe- uh, perspective, you have a much richer profile that actually engages and, and really speaks to the person who's reading your profile. So that, that's, that's a, a big thing. And these are kind of more strategic level ideas. But the, if you don't have the right strategy, your tactics are going to be wrong. And conversely, you, you got to make sure we have the right tactics or else, you know, a good strategy doesn't help either. Um, from there, you know, I think really, you know, looking specifically at, for example, the profile, make sure you've got a good photo. Make sure it's, it's professional. Make sure it's polished. Uh, the, one of the biggest things you can do is make sure that the photo, the person in the photo uh, of your headshot, looks like the person that you're portraying in the, in the whole profile itself. If you're trying to tell me that you are a hardworking um, professional who does everything to make sure that your customer is happy and there's a picture of you on the beach, uh, it's not quite consistent, right? Right. And so, so even just the little messages like that, using your summary to actually, uh, the summary or, or what's now called the about section, you know, a really important piece here is to look at it as if you just met somebody at an offline networking event and you have your couple of sentences, your elevator pitch where you tell them what you do and how you help people, put that right into your about section. And, and again, use this. I, I would say the whole point of the profile is even to move beyond just thinking of it as a resume and really think of it as a tool to tell your story. I think something you, you said earlier was spot on. We have a brand, whether we like it or not, and whether or not we want to put effort into it. So let's make sure that we're owning it. Right. So that's, yeah. that's the first thing I would say is definitely a do some of the specifics on the profile. W- one thing that I would say is definitely a don't, don't just import your resume. <laughs> we, we've all seen that, right? Right. Um, and, and the reason why is nobody wants to read your resume. <laughs> Human resources professionals don't want to read your resume. Right. <laughs> and it's it's not engaging. So don't, you know, spend that, that time and effort to, um, to, to actually customize and make it look like you've spent some time and energy on this. Um, if, if you can't make it look like you've spent time on your profile, why would the reader think that you're going to spend time helping them? Right. Right. Well, so those, okay. those, those, those are some of the big dudes. Do you see any other big uh, don'ts when you uh, LinkedIn profiles? Uh, one of my favorite don'ts has to do with the profile picture. Uh, I just see people using a picture in which they look attractive in that picture, pleasant, but it's clear that it's cropped from some other social event, and that just is like it's a complete turnoff. <laughs> the wedding to me. photo. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've seen so many of those. Yeah, I call them the wedding photo, right? Where you can yeah. still see the uh, the shoulder of their date, right? Yes. Uh, you know, their, their yes. significant other. Yeah. You, you know, these days it is relatively easy 
and relatively inexpensive to get a good um, headshot. In fact, in most cities, there's photographers who will do a social media sitting where mm-hmm. I mean, you just search your city and social media photographer or something, and it can be very inexpensive to get just some nice uh, professional headshots. And you might not think of yourself as somebody who needs them, but since we do live in an online space, we might as well make sure that we've got a good photo. And you can use that for anything, whether it's a, a company website, your LinkedIn profile, or whatever it is. Um, right. Yeah, because pe- people definitely screw up photos a lot. Right, right. Well, and the other thing that bothers me infinitely is I'm trying to connect with somebody or they've sent me an invitation and there's no photo. That just says to me, it's a, I mean, I think it's a scam. I have no idea if it's real or not real. So that's a delete invitation. And it's so, you know, like if I'm going to meet somebody and I want to know who they are, I, I need that photo there to be able to at least recognize them, if nothing else. So I get aggravated with that one. Yeah. Well, human beings are face recognition machines. That's how our brains are wired. That's why we might not remember somebody's name, but we, we could recognize them even if we haven't seen them for years. So that, that goes back to this idea of the online and offline world kind of merging. I, I think something that's also really important is make sure your, your headshot on your LinkedIn profile looks like you. Which may, yeah. may seem obvious, but how many people have you run into where you're like, oh, your, your LinkedIn photo is definitely 10 years old, right? Because you, yeah. you had a lot more hair in that photo, right? Or you're, you know, <laughs> for the women, your hair is styled completely different. Um, you want to have that congruency between the two. Right. Right. Yes. I think we've covered those points. So let's, since this profile <laughs> thing is so important, let's talk about what it takes to create a rock star LinkedIn profile. Kana, you've talked about it in terms of making sure that we're doing it from the reader's point of view, but can you give us a little bit more advice on how to make this thing really stand out? Yeah. So there's a, there's a few key areas that I think are really critical. We, we've talked about the, the, the images, and that, that is important because that is really the first impression that we're making. One thing, it's, it's very small, but it's actually one of the most viewed parts of the profile is, is your headline, which comes right after your name. Um, the default is that it's just your job title and the company you work with, but you can put anything you want there. And one of the things I really uh, suggest that people do is think about how can I grab attention, just like a newspaper headline, grab the attention of the people that I want to influence and let them know what to expect. That's what you'll, you'll see these sometimes, but I don't think enough people really harness the power of this to even just say, uh, and this is kind of a, a template that I'll use to brainstorm in this is helping blank with blank, right? Mm. So helping blank who you help with blank, what you help them with. So, you know, it could be, I'm a, a coach that helps uh, leaders drive effective uh, team integration or build productivity or effectiveness. Or, you know, I am a, uh, uh, an accountant who helps my clients, you know, minimize their tax uh, burden and make sure the IRS doesn't come and uh, come knocking on their door, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it might be. I mean, this, and my point is it doesn't just have to be for salespeople. All of us, we are serving a customer, whether it's an internal customer, whether it's an external customer, Talk about who you help because, again, that's what the reader cares about. Um, So I think that, again, a very small thing but can really change the tone of your profile. I mentioned the about section already, but, uh, again, think of this as a 
short, if you had the person who you'd really like to engage with sitting across from you at the table, what is, what is it that you would say in those first, you know, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. that first minute about what you do, what's your background, what, what makes you different, right? Kind of a, a really quick three, three-step outline I say is tell me uh, what you do, tell me why you're different, and then humanize yourself. I call it being pro-personal, a combination of personal and professional. But tell me a little something about who you are as a person, maybe an interest, a hobby, a nonprofit, a charity that you're engaged with. If you look at my profile, you'll see that I played in a band for a long time, and that's where I picked up the nickname D-Fish, which is a very strange nickname, but everybody uses it. Everybody remembers it, too. Exactly. It's good branding. Uh, But even just nailing those three parts, because there are so many parts of the LinkedIn profile, I think people get really overwhelmed. You got to start there, right? Get those three right. That's going to do most of the heavy lifting. And then you can now go out and say, all right, I want to build my network. So I always tell people definitely to start with the people they know, but there's nothing wrong with reaching out and connecting with other people in your area, other people in your industry, uh, if you're first starting to build your, your network, I often suggest that a great place is the connections of your connections. If you think that there's a reason why being connected would make sense, you know, your second level connections, but you don't have to be connected to just your best friends on LinkedIn. It can be people that you just kind of know. And actually the research shows, um, Mark Granovetter wrote the most cited paper ever in sociology called The Strength of Weak Ties. And he found that most of the people get, or excuse me, most of the time people get jobs through people they know, but it's rarely through people they know well. It's through what he calls a weak tie because those people are in different um, spheres of information. They, they have access to the job opportunities, the clients, et cetera that your best friends, you know, they, your best friends know the same thing you do. So like right. even just then taking that LinkedIn profile and getting in front of other people by connecting with them um, is really powerful, right? So you don't have, you can kind of start to branch out into people that you only kind of know. And, and then, you know, the, the third step, so we have a great profile, we look good, we've got the connections, and then we, we talked about this a bit earlier and the, the power of it, but then starting to engage engaging with what your network is sharing, but then also sharing information that they can engage with. That's those, those are that's kind of like the three steps to really knocking, um, knocking your LinkedIn use out of the park. Okay. It makes a lot of sense to me. I can see now how a strategy gets developed out of this one that I think I might have defaulted into, but hadn't actually thought about in a conscious coherent way so talk for a minute as I'm building these connections and my best friends that's easy join me on LinkedIn but what about the connections of the connections is there an ideal way or a bad way to send an invite to somebody when it possible I think it's always best to reach out to somebody with a short note because you can customize the introduction on why they should engage so uh, it could be Hey, I saw that you are connected with my friend Jill and are in the same industry as I am. Would love to be connected and see if we can be of service to each other. I think it can be as simple as that. Um, Not every LinkedIn connection is going to lead to a deep relationship. 
and that's okay. Don't let that prevent you from, from reaching out. So having just one or two sentences about why you think connecting would be a good idea is, is kind of the best practice. At the same time, let's say that your connection uh, posted an article and then you commented on it. We're like, oh, that was a really interesting comment. Or I'm sorry, a really interesting article. And then one of their other connections commented on it as well and said, oh, yeah, I've actually had that experience too. There's nothing wrong with, I think, just reaching out and sending a connection request to that person because they already know the, the context, right? They, they've seen your, your face before. Um, you know, what you don't want to do is just blast out a bunch of random invitations to just anybody who, who pops up, right? And as long as you have a little bit of thought, if there's some reason why you guys should connect, you know, hit, hit the invite button. Okay. I'd rather, have, okay. I'd rather people connect than not connect. Yeah, someone can always say no. I guess there's no harm exactly. in that one, one, one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just, it's just a, a link on LinkedIn. It, you're, you're, it, the etiquette has definitely evolved. I mean, 10 years ago, you would, you would normally just connect with people who you knew well. I mean, these days, uh, I basically, if somebody sends me an invitation and they're, they're in my industry, um, if they are in my city, I'll connect, right? Okay. Um, and that, that, that's fine. Now, if it's just some random person from India who I don't know at all, I mean, yes, I can definitely not connect, but I'd rather be yeah. inclusive than exclusive. Right. Okay, fair enough. Now, in the book, I'm just looking at some of the titles and the uh, chapters in your book. So there's all sorts of fascinating information in this one. Um, but one of the things that just struck my attention is this phrase that says, the hidden value of liking job anniversaries. Why? <laughs> so go back to that idea we spoke about before where sometimes part of communication isn't information exchange. It's a social, uh, it has, there's a social purpose behind it. So in communication, there's something called phatic communication and that's phatic P-H-A-T-I-C. So, and what it is, is it's the idea of that when we communicate, Yes, sometimes we're conveying information, but sometimes we're just bolstering the relationship. So, for example, when you walk into a room and your friend across the room says, you know, waves, there's no information there. They're just acknowledging you. In the same way, when somebody says, how are you doing? Uh, they're not necessarily asking for a full update. They're just saying, hi, uh, I recognize you, and we can now start a conversation. Something like a job anniversary, which are really bashed a lot on LinkedIn, when you have a chance to just reach out to somebody and say, hey, congrats. It's, again, it's that little ping of goodwill. And I think we often undercount or, um, or even just discount the value of that in our relationships. And so I just kind of wanted to defend not only the job anniversary listings, but also remind people that it's okay to just have a social and relationship building aspect to some of our engagement online as opposed to just pure information exchange. Okay. Well, and there's not only the job anniversaries, but I also find it useful when people have moved to a new job or taken a new role and you get that and can kind of say congratulations. It, it creates 
often uh-huh. uh, just a little quick back and forth. And in my life has actually led to additional business because that becomes an, oh, yeah, by the way, we'd like to talk to you. Would you set up a meeting? Absolutely. And think about it. Wanda, do you like when people say nice things to you? Of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> that is exactly right. Everybody does. And so putting out something positive, even if it's just a light, again, a light little touch, a light little thing of, hey, congrats, or, hey, I recognize that you've now been in that role for five years. That's an accomplishment. That, that, that's, that, there's never bad to put that good karma out into the world. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, let's, I, we just got a couple minutes before we're going to close. And I guess I'm going to just open it up to you and say, you know, what additional advice do you have for us that we haven't talked about? Well, we definitely covered quite a bit. The the big thing that I really do try to stress to people is just to do something. Um, when we think about networking, whether it's offline or online, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of our um, yeah, emotional framework and our you know our mental framework, the psychology, interacting with people is is can be challenging. But I've seen way too many really, really talented people struggle during through their careers because not enough people know who they are, what they do, how they can help. And so what I, I just tell everybody is unused information is the same as ignorance. So even if you listen to all this, if you don't do anything, it doesn't help. Just try something, whether it's going to that networking event for the first time, whether it's spending a few minutes on LinkedIn tomorrow, just, just take some action and, and build relationships because... Not only is it uh, an effective way of, of building your career, but human beings are social creatures. We're designed to help each other out. So engage. Fabulous. I love it. So guest today again is David J.P. Fisher, D. Fish, as you just heard from his former musical career or his musical interests, I should say. The book we've been talking about is Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn, Creating Online Relationships and Opportunities. I think the thing that highlights for me, David, out of this one is that this online presence is another way of engaging people. It's a way of building connections, and that's a really powerful thing. And I want to echo something you said earlier about your profile, that in your profile, you should answer exactly as you would answer in person across the table from somebody you'd really like to get to know. A, what do I do? B, what's different about me? And three, something personal. I think that's a pretty good place to start. David, thank you for a great show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And join us next week for another episode in getting out of your comfort zone. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in for another edition next week with Dr. Wanda Wallace on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.